Blog Talk Radio. Matches Talk Radio, a monthly holistic lifestyle show focused on the continual evolution into the best versions of our authentic selves. We and our guests discuss relationships and health and wellness, each of which contributes to meaningful and fulfilling lives. This is Jess Bina, your host. I'm a former practicing lawyer and the founder of Intersections Match, the only, na- the only elite national personalized matchmaking company focused on singles of South Asian descent nationwide in the U.S. I'm very excited to welcome psychologist Dr. Diana Kirshner to our show tonight. Dr. Kirshner is a recurring guest on the Today Show, appeared on Oprah, and starred in a PBS special, All Love. Tonight, we'll be discussing Dr. Kirshner's best-selling new book, Feeling the Deal, The Love Mentor's Guide to Lasting Love. Welcome, Dr. Kirshner. Oh, thank you so, so, so much, Desbina. It's a pleasure to have you. As a professional dating coach and matchmaker, I'm fascinated by insights and perspectives regarding relationships. I've enjoyed reading your book and would love to explore some of the insights shared by you with our audience. So, Dr. Kirshner, um, to begin with, what prompted you to write this book in the first place? Well, uh, my first book, Love in 90 Days, came out in 2009, and um, I'm a, a Ph.D. psychologist, and it basically was an overview of all these research-based ways of dating and, and really finding lots of terrific partners and, and finding someone who could be the one. And um, there were so many women and some men who uh, used that book and really were able to find somebody that they really felt comfortable with, so they really felt a connection with. But quite often uh, they were feeling anxious as the months went by or, you know, it, it came on, you know, eight months, a year, year and a half mm-hmm. or so. They wanted to make sure uh, that they could be able to uh, seal the deal, so to speak, to really create a lasting love. And so uh, I wrote this uh, this last book that just came out, Sealing the Deal, in order to really give them a guide for how to create, uh, you know, kindle and rekindle the uh, the sparks of attraction that create lasting love. Excellent. Now, Dr. Kirshner is a clinical psychologist, uh, you know, specializing in relationships for more than 25 years. What, in your opinion, is the most important thing you can do to create this lasting, passionate love? Well, I'll tell you, there's a number of things you can do, and in sealing the deal, you know, I talk about all the different ways you can approach it, uh, but the, the really most powerful thing you can do is to really uh, act in a ways that are flirtatious and um, 
in a way that make it feel uh, like you're having an affair with each other, where there's kind of like a, uh, a forbidden fruit feel to the whole interaction. You know, uh, people mm-hmm. will date each other, and what happens is even in um, Let's say uh, a, a single dating relationship, after several months, things kind of go on autopilot. You know, you get together Friday night, you eat dinner, you go to the same restaurant, et cetera, et cetera. And, yeah. um, and, and so the, the, the sparks that, that really brought you together in the first place tend to die down. You, get, you start getting bored with each other. Uh, it can be routine. Um, and biologically, those sparks are timed to, to end within six months to two years anyway. So if you put in your mind that, you know, what would I be saying or doing if I was having an affair with this person right now, this one person? You know, I'm not saying to choose a married person, but to act like you would. <laughs> 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 to, to act like you would be. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you would be, you know, you would be flirtatious, you would be sending them sexy texts, you know, you might meet in the middle of the day, uh, mm-hmm. you might, you know, kind of have, uh, you know, little make-out sessions uh, in public places that, that you know, were a little little wild for you, for not, not your regular thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, switch it up. And- yeah, switch it up, yeah. switch it up, uh, absolutely switch it up, because uh, no matter what relationship you're in, over time, those sparks are guaranteed to die out. Those sparks you feel in the beginning are guaranteed to die out at one point or another. So mm-hmm. you have to keep rekindling those sparks. You never take your relationship for granted. You have to really keep rekindling those sparks, and that's what sealing the deal is all about. Okay, excellent. Now, your book, Sealing the Deal, discusses a love mentoring process, including um, you know, laying out four steps. And I think it would be great if you'd share that, those four steps of the love mentoring process with our listeners so they can have um, some context and a sense of it. Okay, well, a love mentor uh, is kind of like having a practical fairy godmother. And um, this is someone who really believes in you, helps you develop deservedness, helps you develop confidence, and helps you get a plan that really works to move you forward in your dating or in your relationship. So there are four steps. Um, And believe me, we all need mentoring and love. You know, we know that we need mentoring and work. We take that for granted. We would never say, you know, I want to be a doctor, I want to be VP of marketing, but I don't need any help. We always Mm -hmm. would think we need a mentor. Well, love is even more difficult And so you really need a coach or a mentor. Now, there are four steps, as you said. Number one is to figure out what kinds of, uh, what, what your needs are, what kinds of inputs you need. Do you need emotional support? Do you need, uh, some helpful criticism about your appearance or some helpful advice about making yourself more attractive? Do you need a little push? to uh, speak your truth or to get online and uh, to really start uh, dating. So you have to really, you know, be honest about what you need. Number two is to find a love mentor. And to do that, you make a list of all the kind and wise people in your life, the ones that are successful in love. You want a mentor, someone who is where you want to be. So, you know, you want to talk with someone who is successful in love and uh, it could be a good aunt or a step parent. Uh, uh, it could be uh, someone such as yourself, a uh, professional matchmaker. Um, 
but you need someone who can really, really um, take you along the road to to getting the kind of relationship you want. Number three is to ask your love mentor to help you, especially in the areas where you may have been a little diva-like or a little out of control or you really need guidance. Uh, really ask for that coaching. And number four is to take in the validation and to follow the advice of your love mentor. You know, a lot of times people will ask for input. They'll say, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I, I can't seem to find love. But when you give them uh, feedback, they don't take it. They don't listen. So uh, the, okay. <laughs> as you well know, I'm sure. Okay, wonderful. Now, now, Dr. Kushner, what is the single biggest mistake, um, you know, women make in love relationships from your experience? Yes, they let what I call relationship killer beliefs destroy love. And these are knee-jerk negative thoughts that kick in whenever anything goes south. So you kind of go on a rant in your mind instead of fixing the problem. Now, I describe six relationship killer beliefs in sealing the deal and what to do to stop them. One of the most common ones is I'll never have love because it's just too difficult. Love is too hard. Love mm. is too hard, you know. Um, another, uh, another common one is I'll never have love because something's wrong with me. I'm I'm too old. I'm too fat, I have children, whatever it is in your mind, this is a killer belief that comes up in your mind, and then you just go on a rant about it. Oh, this is just so horrible, you know, I, there's something wrong with me, there's, uh, I'm not that lovable. Um, another common one is all men are jerks. Uh, <laughs> And I always tell people that, you know, it's it's very hard not to be transparent with that one. You know, I, I always say, you know, men can, they can pick up that vibe even, you know, even if, uh, so, okay, I think that's that's interesting. You find that to be one of the most common, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, that's of one, of, one of the uh-huh. six. And there are variations on that. There are variations yeah. on that. but. Um, but, you know, it's being on your high horse and looking down at the man and, and then having a rant in your mind like, oh, I can't believe it, how, how stupid he didn't bring me the right gift, he didn't make the reservation at the right place, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, instead of actually simply asking for what you want. You're kind of going on this upset rant in your mind, whereas you could just simply say, honey, I would really love it if you got – you know, to, tickets to this particular play, that would really mean a lot to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so that you would help your man succeed with you. You would help your man know what you want instead of just kind of being all upset. Excellent, excellent. I love that. And, you know, no one is a mind reader, in my opinion. You know, so I feel, I, I love what you said about, you know, just, just, Ask what you want in in a loving way. Um, and a lot of people, people who love you want to make you happy. So that's the first thing they want to know is if they're not clear on what makes you happy, learning it from you. So I, um, excellent. Now, your book contains what you call a guy-speak cheat sheet. So tell us about that, including um, the key secrets to having a successful, would you term, relationship talk with your partner. Yes. Um, see, guys listen um, 
uh, and relate in in terms of uh, uh, communicating. They they they're they're very different than mm-hmm. than women. And so in sealing the deal, I uh, talk about how to bring up a touchy subject, um, you know, in such a way that you help your man be more open and you help your man listen and you help your man uh, kind of rise to the occasion, so to speak. Um, First of all, if you want to have a talk about marriage, and commitment, which is always, not always, but quite often very scary and kind of a touchy subject, Um, the first thing is to be patient because the average length of courtship before marriage, before a marriage proposal rather, is almost three years. That's what the research shows. And I'll say that again. The, The average length of courtship before a marriage proposal is almost three years according to research. Okay. Now, a lot of women get very, very antsy, you know, and when it gets toward even being together one month, uh, one year rather, you know, they've been dating a year, they want a commitment, blah, blah, blah. And especially if they're a bit older, that becomes an issue. Uh, and I'm not saying you have to wait uh, three years. I'm just saying that sometimes uh, a little bit of patience can be helpful. Number two is to start the conversation in a warm and validating way. Uh, this is called a soft startup, so you you know this will help your man respond to the touchy discussion much much better. So you start by saying, "Honey, um, I really would love it if you listened to me for you know a little bit. You know, I just have something important I wanted to bring up, and I'm really really enjoying uh, so much what's been happening with us, and I wanted to talk about this thing." So you see, you're you're being very validating and very very warm. Uh, mm-hmm. Another rule is no drama. Women can get very emotional and, yeah. uh, you know, get into these little dramatic fits. And that 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 turns a man off in terms of a lasting, committed relationship. You know, you can be a, dra- a drama queen and a little bitchy uh, in the beginning and you can, you can attract a guy because sometimes a guy will, you know, like to go out with you, but... For, for marriage or the long term, that that's not something he's going to want. Um, also, bringing up a touchy subject in the late afternoon is best because testosterone uh, levels are their lowest around four to six in terms of the daytime. Um, so if you bring the subject up in the late afternoon, uh, not necessarily after he's had a long day of work, but maybe on a weekend. <laughs> Um, it's it, it, you're more likely to be, uh, you know, to be listened to and to get a, a more positive response. Excellent. Some really concrete um, tips. That's uh, now in sealing the deal, you discuss seven real, which call real laws of attraction, and how to become irresistible to your men. Will you share with the listeners just a few of um, these laws of magnetic attraction you met, you discuss? Yeah, I call them the real laws of attraction because they are based on research and actual clinical experience, you know. They're not just new age ideas. Um, Number one is uh, to create novelty. Anything new releases dopamine, which is the falling in love brain chemical. So if you change where and how you make love, where you vacation, you know, maybe take a trip to the Amazon jungle or even just, uh, you know, go on a day trip to a town that's, 
that's new and, and interesting, uh, or even changing up where you eat dinner is important. Um, this uh, having fun together in novel ways is very, very important. It's very, very, very important. Um, and also having fun that is in a way that is similar to the way you first fell in love, you know, because couples when they first meet, they will they will do things that they they don't do later. You know, they're 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 kissing in the movies, they're horsing around in the pool. Um, mm-hmm. This business of having fun is so important. What happens is that uh, women will get in a relationship and they get all tense and serious about where it's going. And the fun goes out of the relationship because the vibe is, the vibe is just, you know, it's just anxious. It's just anxiety, and the guy picks that up. So you have to go back to having fun. Also, be receptive to a man. A man has a very strong self-imposed need to please a woman. And so if you receive what he has to give, even if it's not exactly what you want or love, but receive it in a validating way, it's a it's a great thing. You know, if he brings you one daisy instead of a dozen roses, receive that daisy and appreciate it. Or if he tells you you look really attractive and you're coming out of the shower and here you feel fat and like your cellulite is all over your thighs or <laughs> as women often do, right? Um, yeah. You want to say thank you for his compliment because you want to be receptive. Um, those are two very, very powerful laws of attraction. And um, the a third one is the one we talked about uh, when we first started, which is to act like you're having an affair. Have that like uh, kind of teasing quality, you know. Um, tell him, you know, I... Um, I uh I, I want to meet you later and ooh the things I want to do to you you know uh you know have that feeling of having an affair and act say and act like you are a little illicit a little illicit and very okay well now Dr. Christian you describe men's eight spheres of commitment and how to handle each one in sealing the deal so what are some common ones well the most common one is the fear of being controlled or smothered um, for example, you know, the fear that he'll never be able to really watch his sports, you know, with his buddies, um, uh, or her, he'll never have his man cave time. Um, if he commits and he marries you, um, especially if you're interested in a very high-powered man who doesn't have much downtime, you know, he's probably working uh, so many hours a week. And so he wants his little bit of sports or whatever his downtime is. Um, so this fear is very common, uh, this this fear of being controlled and smothered. Um, now, the way to help him out of that fear is to actually send him off for his man cave time and don't hold it against him. In other words, women will sometimes say, go do your thing, but then when the guy comes back, they're like, they're angry with him. They're, you know, they're resentful. But mm-hmm. you you want to send the guy off to do his thing, and you do something that makes you happy so that you're happy. By the time he gets back, you're both happy. And he gets this feeling that he can be independent, uh, and you can be independent at times. And so he doesn't have to feel smothered. Another common fear is the fear of not measuring up. That is, he's not good enough. He can't make you happy. He can't provide. You know, let's say he's not making enough money or he's not clear in his career, uh, 
you know, trajectory. Um, mm-hmm. And um, that, again, is a big problem for men because they want to be able to make a woman happy. They want to be able to provide. And um, the way to help them get over that fear is to appreciate him and tell him how he will succeed in his career and really support that he's going to succeed and um, also tell him how he is making you happy so he feels like he can measure up, he can make you happy. And a third fear that's very common is a fear of making the wrong decision or settling, you know. This is a guy who has that grass is greener mentality. Um, You know, if he's choosing you, the next girl up on the computer on the online site might be better. He's not sure, you know. Um, And this is a pretty common one because, especially these days, because online dating has given men so many choices, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's just so many choices. And um, so with this one, sometimes you really, if this guy is dragging his feet about a commitment and um, he seems to be like the type who is afraid of settling, sometimes what he really needs is to be dumped. He, He needs to be dumped in order to realize what he has lost, in order to realize how wonderful you are. Sometimes losing something, that's when we see the true value. That's that, um idea. Interesting. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. in your book, you discuss, and I think you actually alluded to this before as well, but you discuss how our brain chemistry shifts positively when we fall in love. But And this is what you discussed previously. This uptick is designed to fade away. Now, how can we keep sparks flying even after the feel-good chemicals are gone? Well, that is the main question. I mean, you know, that is the key is, is to is – to, Understand how to keep those sparks going and deliberately work on keeping them going because there's so many couples who break up and it's so hard to go through a breakup. Now, um, as I said before, the initial infatuation that we feel is biologically wired to end in about six months to two years. Okay. So, there, you know, we have dozens of tips on how to do this in sealing the deal um, based on what I call the eight habits of living love. And um, one key habit is uh, to practice couple alone time. Now, uh, research shows that the amount of time a couple spends alone is uh, an an indicator of how healthy and happy they are. Uh, That means that you're together without any friends, without any family members, without the kids, uh, you know, you're not taking calls, you're not looking at texts, you're actually focusing on each other, couple alone time. It's very, very important. And, of course, during that time, uh, you know, uh, at, at you know, at certain times uh, when you're, you're having a couple alone time, this is when you want to, you know, really juice things up and have act, you know, that act out that flirtiness like you're having an affair. Other times... You, other times what you'll be doing is, is listening to each other and talking and, and getting to learn about each other. I mean, a really good friendship is based on uh, knowing each other, and a really good friendship is the is the basis of a great marriage. Um, the um, other, there, there are many other, many, many other tips, um, but one that's very important for women is called enlightened self-interest. 
And this is when you speak up about what you need from a man uh, and you do it in a loving way and you you get your needs filled. A lot of women are afraid to do this and, um, you know, you mentioned earlier about mind reading. They somehow expect the man to read their mind and know what they need or want and that always fails. Uh, but if you practice enlightened self-interest, you learn to use what I call positive shaping talk, and you ask in a loving way for what you want, even if it seems like it it may be too much. But if you need it, you have to have it. If you know, sometimes we we need a, a great deal of attention, or we need something that is symbolic to us because of the way we grew up. We 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 may need something from a man, and um, sometimes the best thing is to really ask for it, you know, even if we feel like, oh, you know, this is not the right time, or um, he can't really, uh, he's busy, and he can't really give me that kind of attention, or, or he, you know, it's going to be hard for him to swing getting me an apartment like this, or helping me pay for an apartment that I really want. Uh, uh, it actually pays to be upfront about what you want and in a loving way ask for it and discuss it. Great. And if you don't, you're actually taking the opportunity away from him to possibly, um, you know, help you out in that regard, work with you in that regard. So I, I like the enlightened self-interest. Okay. Now, Dr. Kirscher, from your clinical experience, um, is it this is an is it true that once a cheater always a cheater? I know you you discuss this in your book, so tell us about that. Well, once a cheater always a cheater is not true. Uh, in my book, Sealing the Deal, I have a four step process you can use to come together even better than ever uh, after an affair. Um, the reality is is that infidelity occurs even in happy couples, but relationships usually don't break up because of affairs. They break up because the partners lose that connection and that friendship. Uh, when couples are asked why they divorced, you know, divorcing couples, mm-hmm. um, they, they will, well, 80% of the time they will say, because I lost that sense of friendship and connection. Okay. They don't say that it's because of an affair. And I find that interesting because, you know, the common uh, understanding is that it's affairs that break up marriages, but it's really losing that friendship. So the key is to rebuild the friendship, and it can be done following the steps and sealing the deal. Um, and there, are, do you want to go over the steps real briefly? Sure, sure. Okay. Um the first step is that um, if your partner has cheated, he or she sincerely apologizes and cuts off contact with his or her lover. Now, um, this is very, very important, even if the person is someone who works with them, because uh, sometimes that can occur. Um, and um, that that connection has to really be severed in order for things to work. Number two, the cheater has to um, show a renewed appreciation and devotion towards you if you're the one who's been cheated on. Um, and there's lots more detail on this in the book. But number three, 
what's really interesting is that you really need to have deep and open and honest conversations about what happened. What research shows is that couples who actually discuss the details of the affair are more mm-hmm. likely to make it. Isn't that weird? Almost counterintuitive. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. But uh, but that's what the research shows. You would think that the opposite would be true, right? Right, right, right. That the more you know, the more difficult it might be to handle or the yeah to get to work through it. Um, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but in general, you know, having very deep and open and honest conversations, thorough conversations, um, mm-hmm. is a really really good thing. And the fourth. Uh, the fourth thing is to go into couples therapy with a couples therapist who knows how to uh, help couples navigate an affair. Now, there's quite a variation on this. Okay. Um, some couples therapists don't really know how to help a couple uh, get through this, and some do. So your choice of a couples therapist is very, very important um, you want to go to someone who, and you can interview them. What people don't understand is about, you know, about therapy is that it's it's like anything else. You can interview a therapist before you go to them, uh, and you talk with them a bit on the phone. In fact, mm-hmm. my recommendation is to talk to three different therapists on the phone about your situation, just in brief, and ask yeah. them if, if they've ever had a situation where someone cheated in a marriage and they brought the couple back together. Um, and then pick someone who has that experience, has a lot of experience like that. Okay. okay. Because that that's very, very, very important. Um, but it definitely can be done. Now, when I was a couples therapist many, many years ago, and I did practice uh, couples therapy for uh, oh, decades, actually, and um, I, ran, I ran a postgraduate training center where I trained couples therapists. And um, so we knew quite a bit about this. Um, um, we had many, many, many um, uh, marriages who, you know, where the couple weathered the affair and came back better, better than ever. And if you can avoid going through a divorce, you're much, much further along. I mean, assuming you can come back and really be in love, mm-hmm. um, you're in much better shape rather than, you know, the cost that you have, the, the financial cost, the emotional cost, the cost of the children to divorce is very high. Okay, excellent. Now, in Sealing the Deal, you described five ways to heal heartbreak. Um, what are the steps women can take to pick themselves up and, and move on? Well, the really interesting thing is that um, that talking over what happened with your dearest and closest family and friends is very powerful. And what the research shows is that when you are upset and you go to, let's say, your best friend and you pour your heart out, um, uh, there is something that happens in the brain. The brain will produce natural opiates, and these are natural painkillers that actually help you feel less in pain. Isn't that interesting? So physiologically, there's a basis for why it feels, um, you know, much better after you've um, confided with 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 
loved ones in your life. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's been physiologically shown to be uh, very, very powerful. So uh, don't isolate. You know, sometimes when uh, people break up, uh, women especially will isolate themselves. They're on the couch. They're crying. They have the ice cream that they're eating. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, absolutely. And they're watching movies and crying and and they're alone and they don't want to go out and they don't want to talk to anyone. Well, that's the opposite of what you want to be doing. You you really want to make a beeline for those that love you and get support. Now, another interesting research uh, study shows that having an imaginary talk with your ex allows you to heal from grief much, much sooner. So um, this, you know, what you could do is you could put a pillow in a chair and you could um, say whatever's unsaid uh, to your ex. You know, you can cry, you can hit the pillow if you need to. Um, you you can, um, you know, express your, your anger if you have anger. Um, but actually letting out all those thoughts and feelings that you still have from breaking up uh, to your ex, even though it's imaginary, he's not there or she's not there, um, can really, really help you get over the grief. Another way to do that is to write a letter uh, and not necessarily send it to your ex, but write a letter to your ex, uh, just kind of pouring your heart out about everything and then just put it away, put it aside. Um, and then um, a third thing, of course, is prayer, uh, prayer or meditation. Anything uh, spiritual can be extremely helpful. Um, and, uh, you know, if you are religious, to pray is just mm-hmm. a, a great thing to do when you're heartbroken. Um, and something, sometimes you can have uh, real breakthroughs when you're praying. Uh, another thing is when you meditate, any form of meditation can be helpful because uh, what happens when you meditate is that it allows the pain to come through. It's kind of like a, a venting out hot steam out of a, a grate. And uh, the pain will come up like a, kind of like a, a storm, storm passing through and, and then and then and then uh, abate. It will then end. It will come up and out and leave you. Uh, and it comes, of course, in waves. Mm-hmm. Um, but meditation allows that process to happen, uh, and it just kind of hastens it so that you you kind of work through those waves of grief, and that's that's very powerful. And then um, lastly, uh, but not least, is exercise. Uh, of course. It, you know the last thing you want to do, right? <laughs> Get, um, I, I, you know, I, 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 the reason I'm suddenly is actually for me personally. Like that's, I, I just I'm one of those people who just I, I, I love. You know, I'm not, we don't need to get into it, but I actually am. <laughs> I love to get that in, in terms of, just I think it's a great just release. So um, so I can uh, totally appreciate why it would be one of the, you know, w- one of the five ways to heal heartbreak. I can completely understand how it could be so effective. Well, the the uh, the, the beauty of it is that it really, it very clearly elevates endorphins. Mm-hmm. So so those those are the feel-good chemicals in your body. 
and um also um you you know can it can help you just begin to feel good about yourself again and 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 quite often when you're depressed you you don't necessarily want to exercise but but the, the the thing is is that even baby steps are helpful just a 5 minute walk i mean assuming it's okay with your doctor even a 5 minute walk um can be helpful and you know, five turns into ten minutes, turns into fifteen. <laughs> I was going to say, you get your shoes on, you get out there. You know, you may not be turning back after the five. And um, okay, mm-hmm. well, now contrary to what many other experts say, in sealing the deal, you claim that you can change your man. So, we share with our listeners just um, what you mean by that, how you do that. Well, you know, studies actually show that people in long-term marriages really do shape each other. They do change each other. And in Sealing the Deal, I have lots of tips about how you can help a man develop into his best self. And I call that his diamond self. Um, the, The research shows that in really healthy couples, what goes on is that the 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 partners help each other um, self-actualize. That means they it, they help each other become who they really want to be. Um, it's not like one partner says, um, okay, I think you should grow into being this type of person or you should become a doctor or you should, um, you know, become a, a musician or something like this or um, you need to grow in that direction or this. It's more like um, the person supports what his or her partner's idea of 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 their own ideal is their their own higher self is so um i love that really important distinction i think so it's coming from the person themselves in terms of um the desire or the interest or the 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 seed in terms of changing into you know as you said self actualizing yes i think really okay and that's yeah. very clear in the research, and it's actually has a name, that process, and it's called the Michelangelo phenomenon. And the Michelangelo phenomenon, okay. Yeah, and you remember that Michelangelo, when he uh, was, you know, doing his work, he said, I simply release the statue from the stone. I release the, the, the figures already in the stone, and all I do is I release it. And that captures, you know, that whole idea. That is a wonderful, um, I release the, is it with the image in the stone? You said I release the... I don't don't remember the exact words, but the the idea was that the the, the statue was already there, and it was his job to release it, you know. And it's the same way in a love, in a great love, is that you see that your partner, you know, uh, wants to be or could be, you know, this inspired uh, uh, matchmaker like you, or, or your your partner wants to fly planes, or your partner wants to learn a language, or 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 be deeply spiritual, and you see that, and you truly support them, and and your support changes them. It changes them in a good way. It changes them in a way that they can be all that they want to be. And um, it's quite magical. And when couples have this going, it flows back and forth. And one helps the other to be better, and, and then it flows back the other way. And this deepens commitment 
in sealing the deal, I talk a lot about how this process works, but it mm-hmm. deepens the commitment, it deepens the appreciation of each other, it deepens the bond. It's a very, very, very profound thing that happens in healthy couples. And um and it's pretty exciting. I mean, it's it's very, very, very cool. Now, one way you can get that going in your couple is to um give your partner a little nickname. Now, I call the ideal self the diamond self. So if you if your partner is uh, you know into sports, let's say and he wants to go into sports, you might give him a nickname, a diamond self nickname that's like Coach K, right? Yeah. If he's into, you know, if he's into music, you might call him Guitar Hero. So you you are you are uh, naming his diamond self identity. You're you're kind of helping it along. You're helping it form. If you're um, if you're right on in your nickname, your partner's going to love it. Your partner will just love it. Um, and yeah. you can do you can do this pretty early on in dating too. Give the person a loving nickname that that brings out uh, the best of what they would like to be. Yeah, I mean, it shows that early on in dating, it sure shows that you're listening to him or her and, and really know what's important to them, and two, that you buy into it and you, you know, you see that in, in him or her. And I think that's, I love that, the Michelangelo effect. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate your sharing your insights with us, Dr. Kirscher. They've been really interesting. Um, is there any last thought or take home message uh, you'd like to leave our listeners with? Well, uh, you know, whether you've been, uh, you know, you've just been dating a few months or just met someone you're interested in or you've been on and off for 10 years or you're in any relationship or you feel uncertain uh, or afraid it's ending, I have dozens of ways to move your relationship forward in sealing the deal. And um, you can do it. You can you can kindle and rekindle the sparks that bring lovers together. You can create that attraction that uh, really uh, creates deep commitment, lifelong commitment. And um, you can take the reins in your hand. So um, I you know I I recommend that folks uh, you know pick up stealing the deal if that's something they would really like to work on. Uh, and they're all welcome to come and visit me at my website, loveinninetydays.com. It's actually named after my first book, loveinninezerodays.com. And um, we have lots of wonderful, wonderful goodies there, including a uh, free uh, dating uh, tips and relationship advice newsletter that gives you weekly support because I know you can do it. You can create the love that is really just right for you. Thank you, Dr. Kirshner. It's been a pleasure having you join us today. And once again, if you'd like to learn more about the insights Dr. Kirshner has been sharing with us, her best-selling new book is entitled Sealing the Deal, The Love Mentor's Guide to Lasting Love. And in case you joined us late or would like to share the show with people in your life, I'd like to remind you that today's radio show will be archived and available as a podcast on Intersections Match's website, which is www.intersectionsmatch.com, and I can be reached at just being at intersectionsmatch.com. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Do email me with topics um, you'd like discussed in future shows, and make sure to join us for next month's show. Uh, take care, everyone. Bye-bye.